Diane, 9 a.m. Preparing to board flight 210, commuter flight 15-seater. Arriving in Spokane at 10.15 a.m. One meal, breakfast. Eggs, sausage, toast, jam, juice, and the usual coffee-scented hot water. What airlines do to coffee shouldn't happen to a dog. So I'm packing a hot thermos from the commissary. Case number is 11219er. You'll have a copy of the file on your desk by the time you receive this. Victim, 17-year-old white female, dead, bound, and wrapped in plastic. Cause of death, unknown. Says here she was the homecoming queen. Second victim discovered alive was found across the state line, which is why it's our business now. Suspects are in custody. We'll assess their value upon arrival. Diane, I understand the air is so clear out where I'm going that you can see across two states when it's not raining, which is most of the time. So I've packed a pair of the businessman's friend. Totes for the feet. I've been scanning active files for the region. Note possible correlation to a murder last year of one Teresa Banks in the southwest corner of the state. Had all the trappings of a serial killing, except for one, a second body. Maybe this is it. Teresa Banks died a year ago, almost to the day. would say I'd rather be here than Philadelphia. 54 degrees on a slightly overcast day, weatherman said rain. You get paid that kind of money for being wrong 60% of the time and be working. And mileage is 79,345, gauges on reserve, riding on fumes here. I gotta tank up when I get into town. Remind me to tell you how much that is. Lunch was uh, $6.31 at the Lamplighter Inn, that's on Highway 2 near Lewis Fork. That was a tuna fish sandwich on whole wheat, slice of cherry pie, and a cup of coffee. Damn good food. But Diane, if you ever get up this way, that cherry pie is worth a stop. Okay. Looks like I'll be meeting up with the uh, Sheriff Harry S. Truman. Shouldn't be too hard to remember that. We'll be at the Calhoun Memorial Hospital. I guess we're going to go up to intensive care and take a look at that girl that crawled down the railroad tracks off the mountain. When I'm finished here, I'll be checking into a motel. I'm sure the sheriff will be able to recommend a clean place, reasonably priced. That's what I need. A clean place, reasonably priced. Oh, Diane, I almost forgot. 
Diane, I just opened Laura Palmer's diary. This is the, uh, the last entry dated February 23rd. It reads, asparagus for dinner again. I hate asparagus. Does this mean I'll never grow up? And then she's written, nervous about meeting Jay tonight. That's the letter J, Diane. That's something to get started on. Yeah, that's one out of 26. Yeah, one out of 26. Diane, I've just turned back 18 days to day one. What we have taped to the page here is a plastic envelope containing a white residue and what looks to be a key to a safety deposit box. Sheriff, you have to very carefully remove this key. I'm going to run this envelope. And my bet is positive for cocaine. This is impossible. Have you ever been surprised before? You didn't know. Let's get started on a court order to open that safety deposit box and maybe we'll both find out a few things about Laura Palmer.
9.30 p.m. Night has fallen hard in Twin Peaks. You're not going to believe this, but I'm actually looking at the Milky Way, which I can't recall seeing before in quite this extraordinary way. The night is painted with stars. I've just finished addressing the local citizenry on the need for caution and pulling together at a time like this. Have a list of people I'm going to want some background checks on, including a lady who carries a log. They call her the Log Lady. One suspect remains at large, James Hurley, a young biker who was secretly seeing Laura behind her boyfriend's back, a blowhard named Bobby Briggs. I anticipate that James will be in custody within the hour and probably released shortly thereafter. Serial killers don't kill their girlfriends. They prefer the company of strangers. He's out there somewhere, Diane. But a town like this is like a river. Lots of hidden currents and eddies concealing their own secrets. I haven't even broken the surface yet.
Diane, 11.30 p.m., Great Northern Hotel, room 315. Events converge. The theory of concentric thinking. There may, in fact, be no such thing as coincidence. While generally a man missing a limb is not in and of itself strange for a hospital, Deputy Hawk reports seeing a one-armed man outside of intensive care. A note, five by seven envelope, cream colored and scented with an expensively priced perfume was slipped underneath my door. It said, Jack with one eye. Now to sleep, perchance to dream.
one a.m. Black Lake Cemetery. A new day for all but the dead. Sorry, folks. In the recorded history of man's organized attempts to civilize this planet, and more specifically their communities, men have always formed groups, clubs, or societies, often cloaked in secrecy, to protect and preserve certain elements within their social structure. Twin Peaks is no different. Sheriff Truman, Hawk, Big Ed, James Hurley, and others unknown to me have taken up that mantle. They call themselves the Bookhouse Boys, defenders in what appears to be an age-old fight against a kind of darkness in the woods surrounding this town. This is clearly a place that inspires dreaming about darkness and light. And who knows what dreams are real? Deputy Hawk spoke tonight of a soul that wanders, a dream soul, a Blackfoot legend. With her burial today, I hope Laura's spirit finds more peace wherever it is now than it did in its brief time on this earth.
Diane, 11.19 p.m., Jacques Renault's apartment. We know that Laura had sex with three men the night she died. Jacques Renault is suspect number one. We just found Leo Johnson's blood-stained shirt here in Jacques' apartment. Leo is suddenly the front-runner for suspect number two. I've got a strong hunch, however, that the blood on Leo's shirt will prove not to be Laura's. Well, Leo's a trucker. Jacques, a Canadian. A good keystone combination for the movement of drugs across the border. And Laura, as we know, had a habit. Probably more than one.
Diane, 9 p.m. A dark smoke-filled corner of one-eyed jacks. The madam of the house is a spider woman who calls herself Blackie. I must admit, Diane, that I have a strong attraction to this vice called gambling. I'm carrying the Bureau's money and will be utilizing certain techniques of concentration which have never failed to return a profit of at least 10% on the dollar. That should just about cover the losses I expect Big Ed will suffer at what I guess is a loaded roulette table. Roulette, Diane, is a sucker's game. The proper receipts and paperwork will of course be returned after a full accounting of any losses or gains. As is usual, any profits that do accumulate will be forwarded to some worthy charity. Diane, if I'm not mistaken, the large, fleshy, dirigible-shaped card dealer taking a seat behind the blackjack table is Jacques Renault. Diane, 11 p.m., leaving One-Eyed Jacks. Jacques Renault is hooked and will be reeled in by Sheriff Truman and his men as soon as we get him back stateside. The truth of what happened that night at Jacques' cabin is as ugly as one could imagine. The broken chip, the bird, all of it. There's a feeling of death in the air, Diane. I can't explain it, but it's as tangible as the air I'm breathing. Maybe it's the evil that Harry talked about. Something is dark and primitive in these ancient woods. I'd like to be stretched out in front of a warm fire somewhere. No such luck.
Diane, my recorder is on the table. I'm unable to reach it at this time. I can only hope that I inadvertently pressed the voice activation button. I'm lying on the floor of my room. I've been shot. There's a great deal of pain and a fair amount of blood. Fortunately, I was wearing my bulletproof vest last night per bureau regulations when working undercover. I remember folding the vest up and trying to chase down a wood tick. If you can imagine the impact on your chest of three bowling balls dropped from a height of about nine feet, you might begin to approximate the sensation. All things considered, being shot is not as bad as I always thought it might be, as long as you can keep the fear from your mind. I guess you could say that about most anything in life. It's not so bad as long as you can keep the fear from your mind. Oh my God. The ring is gone. At a time like this, curiously, begin to think of the things you regret or the things you might miss. I would like in general to treat people with much more care and respect. I would like to climb a tall hill, not too tall, sit in the cool grass, not too cool, and feel the sun on my face. I wish I could have cracked the Lindbergh kidnapping case. I would very much like to make love to a beautiful woman who I had genuine affection for. And of course, it goes without saying that I would like to visit Tibet. I wish they could get their country back and the Dalai Lama could return. Oh, I would like that very much. All in all, a very interesting experience.
it's time to lay this all out as we now have it. I'll cut right to the events at the cabin. At or about 1 a.m. on the night of the murder, Leo Johnson, Laura Palmer, Jacques Renault, and Ronette Pulaski arrived at Jacques' cabin together. The four of them were heard passing by the cabin of the log lady. Upon reaching Jacques, they partied, drugs and liquor were consumed, Laura was tied up and had sexual relations with both Leo and Jacques. Waldo, Jacques' bird, was let out of his cage and attacked Laura. Leo and Jacques fought. Jacques went outside and passed out. When he came to, Leo and the girls were gone. What none of them knew was that a third man was outside watching. He was heard passing by the log ladies. I believe that Leo then left alone, leaving Laura tied up, at which time the third man entered the cabin. Several things support the notion that Leo was not involved in the actual murder. The strongest of which is that on the night of the Teresa Banks murder, Leo Johnson was in jail in Hungry Horse, Montana on assault charges. The third man then took Laura and Ronette to the train car on foot. Once inside, he killed Laura, a process that took him over an hour, during which, suffering from a severe blow to the head, Ronette escaped unobserved. Five miles down the tracks from the train car, Deputy Hawk found a blood-soaked rag and several scraps of bleached paper. The blood on the rag matches that used to write the note in a train car. Fire, walk with me. The blood was not Laura's or Ronette's, and it wasn't Jacques's or Leo's either. It was a rare type, AB negative, and it belongs to the man who wrote that note. The third man, the killer.